Hello everyone, Lissa here with a quick edit and correction to today's episode. Since we recorded and released this episode, I now know more about human design and have a more specific understanding about how these energy systems work. And in listening to this episode back, I can hear that I'm clearly misexplaining the way that the generator and manifester energy exchange works between each other. And so I would like to clear that up for anyone listening who's new to human design, because I do not want to be spreading misinformation. In this episode, I talk about how generators are the ones responsible for generating energy for the collective. Now, while that is true, the way that I explain it is incorrect. I talk about how generators are the ones that are connected to that initial hit from source energy, and then they pump it out to individuals like manifestors who then take it and direct it. This is sort of the opposite of how it actually works. The way that this really works is that manifestors are the ones who are receiving that initial impulse from the directed energy source. They then push that out into the collective, which is why it is so important for them to initiate because they are the ones receiving that initial sort of mm, hit from the universe to create something. They then respond to that through initiating and the generators and the manifesting generators of the human design types respond. They respond to that energy. You can learn more about this by simply Googling human design, and I'm sure we will talk more about this in future episodes, but I just wanted to take a minute to clear that up because listening to it back, it was clear that I had it incorrect, and I just wanted to take a moment to correct myself. I hope you, I hope you all have a beautiful day. Hi, it's Megan. And it's Lissa. And welcome to this episode of Woo as Fuck. Today we are going to be talking all about energetic hygiene, which is something that we touch base on a lot, like a lot, a lot. However, it has been brought to our attention that we need to be more informative and actually break this down. So we both agree this was a really great topic and In addition to this episode, I'm going to be doing a separate episode that's just a meditation, a guided meditation to go through all of this with you so that you can use it as a tool anytime that you need it. Yeah. And thanks, mom. Shout out to my mom for uh, (laughs) coming to me and saying, you know, you guys talk about all this grounding and shielding, but how do you actually do it? And I told her, well, we, we discuss it in the episodes, don't we? And she's like, yeah, but it's but I, but I still don't understand. So that's really where um, the inspiration from today's episode came from, because I think that when you practice these things regularly, you sort of become so in the process that it's easy to forget that there was once a time where we needed this broken down, like very specifically so that we could do it. I am always really great, grateful and have so much gratitude whenever we get called out on things because it's an opportunity to learn and grow and really like step back and be like, oh, yeah, that's a really important basic thing that we ourselves, because we're used to it, neglected to even consider as an option. Yeah, back to basics. So how are we how are we going to get specific with this, Megan? Alrighty. So today we are going to talk about um, the different types of energetic hygiene, what it is and how to do it and how often you should do it and our personal experiences with it. So I guess phase one, what is energetic hygiene? 
for me and I guess as general overview of it is essentially it's going to be grounding, shielding, recalling your energy and releasing energy. And if you remember our episode from last year about the energetic jello, we all have energetic fields around us and it's really easy to forget and neglect it. But there are things that you can do to really root yourself in your experience and release any attachment. You don't need someone else to help you with that. If you need help, that's awesome. But you can do all of this yourself at any time, really. You don't have to make it a big ritual if you don't want to. This is really something that becomes prominent as well when you're on this journey and sort of doing your own inner work on yourself because, um, well, actually, no, let me, let me, make that a little bit more specific. When you start working in this field, I think that's really what it is. So in my one-on-one sessions, very different from counseling, when you're doing energy work and energy reading, you're literally existing in that sphere, like in that field, in that energy body. So whereas prior, it may have been really easy to ignore or not pay attention to energetic hygiene, when you're actually operating in that space, it becomes really obvious when there's gunk built up there or things that aren't grounded or clear. Because me personally, if I'm working with a client, and if my energy is not clear, that is going to directly impact my ability to read their energy. It's going to directly impact my safety and security in dealing with the energy of that client, meaning I may or may not be shielded if I haven't taken the time to do so. And it's also going to directly impact my grounding. So, you know, my ability to feel stable and secure in that session. So that's when I say um, it becomes easy to take these things for granted or, or like forget that they weren't obvious before. But when you're working in this scope, it just becomes so clear and evident because if I'm dropping in with a session, like with a client in a session and I've got gunky stuff there, it's going to show up and I'm going to be like, okay, I need to ground and clear this. Whereas if I'm living my day-to-day life or working a nine to five and, you know, my off time is spent watching movies and not really thinking of these things or feeling these things rather, it becomes an easy thing to forget and avoid. For me, um, I, I absolutely do work with people's energy quite a bit, and that that is absolutely really important. However, for me, what really makes it evident is with my own mental health. So if I'm not really focusing on or I'm not practicing good energetic hygiene, I'll notice that um, I'm able to fall into a funk a lot easier. I notice that I'm unable to focus on things a lot easier. I notice patterns in my life. So as I'm on this healing journey and I'm doing the work, energetic hygiene is really important for me because it really allows me to look at myself and my own patterns and the things that impact it. So I'm able to really identify what things are going to draw more energy from me, what things are going to be like clunking things up, what things really release things for me. And by doing any of these practices individually or all together, it really helps me ground myself more in having the experience of living a life as a human. Yeah, that day-to-day experience becomes much more accessible. And I'm trying to think in terms of teaching these, like actual step-by-step, what should we start with? Grounding, shielding, or um, clearing? Or I think that let's first talk about what grounding is because it okay. is something that in order for you to really do a good shield and to be able to recall your energy and release energy, you need to have a good, like a root system. 
<laughs> and really be grounded in the earth to be able to anchor all of these other things in. So that's the foundational piece that I would start with. Grounding is the act of anchoring yourself into your current existence, anchoring yourself into the moment, anchoring yourself into the earth, um, and really just like rooting yourself. So I say root because a lot of my personal grounding exercises are really based in like growing roots <laughs> or having some sort of um, rooting system because it's easier for me to visualize like I'm a plant. However, there are a lot of different ways to go about it. So for me, I like to rest my feet on the ground or lay on the ground. And my most common method is to imagine that there are roots literally growing down into the ground. And I let them get so far deep that in my imagination, they are going down into the earth's core and wrapping around the core three times and receiving nutrients from the earth, from source, and then releasing like the, the earth source, whatever, is taking it from me, what's no longer serving me, and then giving me the, like the, the energy that I need back up into my body. And that's my most common means of grounding. But sometimes it's just putting my feet in grass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Walking barefoot, walking barefoot outside um, is number one. If we could all take time to do that every day. I know I personally don't really have, <laughs> I used to have grass outside of this apartment complex and it's since been replaced with gravel set like sharp gravel. So that's a bummer. But um for me, very similar to Megan, kind of, I have two different systems that I use. Both systems involve me sitting cross-legged on the ground because my hips are the way they are for me. Uh, cross-legged is really where it's at if I want to feel comfortable. And I also like having my sacrum like on the ground so I can really feel the stability of that. And then I will open up a channel that sort of looks like a pillar of light. Um, and again, we're all going to be different in how we implement this. For me, visualizing a column of light is the most effective way for me to instantly drop in. And then I picture that pillar literally going down and into the earth and recycling anything that's not serving me. That's sort of my instant go-to. If I have more time and I'm really implementing this as a practice in regards to like meditation or um, let's say I'm going to have a full day of work, then I would have it be a meditation where I imagine Rather than roots, for me, it's, it's one column. So it's like one system, like the root system would be a ball, so to speak. And then it goes down and to the core of the earth. And then very similar to Megan, wraps around the core three times. And then um, I there's like an on button <laughs> that you can switch. And then when you hit the on button, and this all takes place in the imaginative space, which is a very powerful space, very related to manifestation. And then as I exhale, I can feel like sort of a gravitational pull that's activated with that switch that pulls everything out of me that's not serving me and brings everything up that is, which is what Megan was talking about with that nutrient system. The only difference for me here is that for whatever reason, my energy likes instead of there to be multiple roots to have one root that collects straight down. And there are many ways to do this too. So something that I do a lot throughout the day, because if I, I get really anxious or um, overwhelmed, something that kind of grounds me and centers me is to be mindful of my breath. So taking uh, even 30 seconds to just really focus on breathing 
and remembering that I'm here or tapping my fingers or um, I like to do the thing where I like I tap my thumb to each of my fingers back and forth a few times um, or counting or like um, listing things, which these are all kind of like mental health things for like being more present and aware, but it also can be used with the intention of grounding you and rooting you and kind of bringing you back down to your center. So it can, it can really look however it looks for you in that moment for what you need. And it's definitely really important that you have a mini version, a medium version, and like the full grounding because you want to prepare yourself for whatever scenario you're in. You don't want to say, I can't ground right now because I don't have 20 minutes to go through this elaborate ritual and meditation, you know? One thing we didn't really, well, I mean, I mentioned it, but we, ha- we haven't really discussed it. Um, and I think this is one of those things that can easily get lost when you're just doing this work regularly. I'm someone that lear- that loves to learn that uh, I would just be in school forever if I could be. Actually, eh, I think that's different now. But um, But I love to learn and I love to utilize my brain. And for me, my favorite thing is to learn something that I didn't previously know and feel that like, ah, in your brain, like I get it. And this is not that. So the space that we're talking about is really an imaginative space where you create things in your internal world that are felt with your emotional body. So we're talking about an imaginative space where where you create things in your internal world that are felt with your emotional body, and they might not make sense to the mind. So Um, when I first started channeling, something that was really helpful for me was recognizing and understanding that in the beginning, a lot of times it feels like we're making stuff up and we might be, you know, it's really tapping into that playful space where things just flow through us and not gripping from a place of mind or ego, because what that does is it takes you into a literal different world. Um, The emotional body and the way that we process things and create these shields and ground into the earth isn't happening from a mental mind place. It's happening from the emotional body. That's Would you say that's true, Megan? That's my personal belief. Yeah. With any of the practices that you're kind of instilling in your life when it comes to your sp- spiritual um, practice is a really often rooted in play. And it it's something that you know to be true for yourself in that moment. It doesn't have to be true for you forever. But if you know, like I'm picking up a pen and I know right now that anything that I write with this pen to my core is going to um, impact the person that I'm writing like a letter to or whatever, or um, bring good fortune to the person that I'm writing the letter to, to or whatever I want to put the intention into. But I know for myself, for sure, even the, if it doesn't make sense that this pen is magically able to have that intention channeled into it, you can do that with anything. And you have to kind of just suspend your disbelief for a period of time, as long as it feels like it's an alignment and your truth in that moment. That's the space we're talking about here. So we're not saying to go into your mind and to visualize things. We're saying really feel these things with your emotional body and recognize that as you do this, you might feel silly. If you're someone that's a really serious person, um, these practices, when you first start implementing them, might feel weird or strange. You might also just have a hard time connecting to anything at all. When I first started practicing grounding and visualization, I couldn't, I'm, I'm not someone that closes my eyes and sees things. When I close my eyes, there's just darkness. It's going to be different for everyone, right? And for me, implementing sound and color 
were huge. Texture, really big. Um, being able to be outside where there's a lot of sound and texture and smells, things like that can be really helpful. Um, and thinking back to when you were a kid and how you would play as a kid and what you really gravitated towards, that's going to be helpful as well. Because when you're a child and you're playing, you're really not thinking so much. You're just acting, you're doing, you're doing without thought. And, um, and being in that space, that energetic space is really where you take your power back energetically. And that's the, what we're talking about here is reclaiming your power. And step one with that, like we just said, is grounding that power in and down. So I actually do visualize things, but that is because that is how my my mind works. I am unable to have the silence or the blackness or the stillness. Everything is associated with some, with some sort of imagery. But my partner is like you, where it's just black. What has helped um, him in his process of meditating and such is having to have some sort of sound, some sort of guidance, some sort of external guidance system. So it, it just looks different for everyone. And would you say, I'm trying to think, because uh, for me, where I would go next before shielding is releasing. I was trying to think if we, well, yeah, that would make sense, right? Obviously releasing before shielding. All right. So let's talk about, I'm, I'm, they're kind of the same energy, so I'm going to lump them together. Recalling your energy and releasing energy. I think what's really important anytime I have a social interaction um, is I recall my energy. What that means is that every interaction, every task, everything you interact with is taking little pieces of your energy. And it's not malicious by any means, but think about like you have that one friend that's currently going through something. And when you talk to them, it's a little bit exhausting. You can ask for that energy to come back to you. They don't own that energy and it doesn't have to be in their energetic field because remember your energy is then in their energetic field and they're not able, like they might not even be aware of it, but you can remove it from them and bring it back to you and help them with their energetic hygiene as well. Um, so, and for me, I really just say that um, I recall in, in, any energy back to me that belongs to me, that serves me, that's in my highest good. And bring it back to me. And then for releasing, um, I do it in the same, like the same exercise. Um, I'll say that I am releasing or returning or whatever phrase I want to use, that I'm returning the energy um, that I've taken from anyone else and returning it back to them with love or healing, or maybe I'm just returning it neutrally, never with ill intention. I'm over here deep breathing. <laughs> Because as soon as we talk about this, um, I'm now internally uh, op like um, turning on my operating system to do this. And, and as I'm doing it, I'm feeling the very lived experience of what this work does, which is great because I can talk to you guys about it in real time. So I'm sitting here and I'm implementing this practice by <clears throat> saying out loud, I release all attachments, cords and commitments that are not in service to my highest timeline and the timeline and the highest good of all those I'm connected to. And I reclaim all energy that I've given away throughout the day or since the last time I've done this, whether I gave it away um, willingly or unconsciously, I reclaim it. It's mine by divine right. And I claim it back now. And I actually feel that coming back to me when I was just doing this, like in my mind, I just did it for a couple of seconds and took a couple deep breaths. Oof, it is powerful. It is powerful. It's so powerful. And, um, 
I'm being reminded of what happened to me in Tahoe that I just want to remind you guys of, which was leaving for that amount of time and being so far away and doing these practices regularly, just naturally, because it's easy for me to implement these things when I'm in a place that's filled with nature. I think um, nature really reminds us to take care of ourselves in a unique way if we pay attention. The energy that I could take up, like my like who I am as a being was so much bigger, was so much bigger. And I just got a little reminder of that in this here and now moment because in reclaiming my energy back, the last couple days for me have been really stressful. And so it makes logical sense that I've been giving my energy away without realizing it. But I also haven't taken the time to do this in the last, I'd say, two to three days. So claiming it back now, woof! Holy shit. <laughs> it like for me I I feel like a literal whooshing and then all of a sudden whoosh, I can like take a really big deep breath and then that tells my body like okay we weren't fully here. You can really feel that process whenever it happens and you can feel I personally like to do this as part of a grounding. So like I'm I'm grounded and I'm still connected. And so then whenever I recall it or I'm returning or releasing energy, I have that grounded foundation to where I can almost like filter everything through that and ensure that it's like the best possible version of that energy. It's the I don't want to say cleanest or purest because that feels icky and gross to say almost, but it's the the best version. It's the highest serving version of that energy. So um, not that that's a requirement. It's just part of my own personal process. One thing that's important to remember too, in terms of taking responsibility um, for ourselves and really showing up in our best possible, in the best possible way for those that we love and care about. When we are giving our energy away to others, sometimes it's useful and helpful. Um, other times it's not and unwanted. If you're literally thinking about like you in a bubble, like think about Bubble Boy, you know, the movie Bubble Boy, that would be your aura, your energetic field. If there's you and another person and you're both in these bubbles. And if you're literally taking a piece of energy that exists inside of your bubble and putting it in somebody else's bubble, well, chances are there's likely an energy exchange happening where either it means that there's this empty sort of void space that now exists in your energy field, or you're taking on the energy from somebody else as an energy exchange. Um, when we're not taking the time to ground and clear, release and reclaim, what happens is, is these energy bodies become, this is the energetic jello that we were talking about in a prior episode. It becomes literally filled with this sort of energetic, um, do, 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 what's the word, signature of others. And then it exists in our field that impacts the decisions we make. Now, this is my own personal belief and opinion. So if, you know, take it as it resonates or leave it if it doesn't. But I have in my lived experience felt what it feels like to be making decisions from an unaligned place because other people's energy is existing in my field. And I've also had the experience of clearing that out, reclaiming my energy, and then holy moly, making decisions from an aligned place when I'm fully embodied feels as though I am unshakable and grounded in a totally different way. And you'll, you'll notice a really significant difference whenever you're going through this process. And the first couple of times are going to feel silly, but the more you do it and the more you notice the difference between 
doing it and not doing it and implementing it in whatever way that looks best for for you as a person. Um, even if you don't implement this on a regular basis, I would recommend recalling your energy and releasing energy anytime or any of these really. If you have a really icky, uh, draining experience with another human being, I want you to remember this, even if it's just used in extreme situations, because I think that you will notice a significant difference and I want you to be protected and I want you to be the best version of yourself and feel good and feel uh, whole. I think that that's really what a lot of this is, is feeling whole and grounded and steady and good in yourself and by yourself. And then being able to show up fully, uh, like the way that you exist in your life is totally different. Um, there are things also triggers are a big one because when other people's energy isn't in your field and when you've reclaimed your energy, your battery's full, you, you like have a uh, full capacity to really operate. And, um, it's just so, it's so interesting. Like being back, my bandwidth is so much larger for dealing with uncomfortable situations, difficult people and triggering circumstances. Whereas before, any of the stuff that's been taking place recently. And we're in our, we're currently, Megan, is it a full moon in Cancer right now? I'm so bad with astrology. It was a full moon on the 13th. And I think it okay. is in Cancer, but I'm not 100%. Okay. I feel like a lot of you out there, or at least some of you, uh, understand the astrology of what's happening right now. And it, it's very watery, it feels very emotional. And um, energetically, it's just a lot. It feels like waiting around. It, it, it feels like the energy of going through an old yearbook and reading all of the signatures. That's, that's sort of the energy that feels like we're in. So um, when you're doing these practices, you also are, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it protects you from glo like global energy as well or collective energy, essentially. It like allows you to be anchored to your highest timeline, independent of what anyone else is going through and independent of what people that you love and care about close to you are going through, but also independent of what people are going through collectively and globally. And it really helps you touch base with yourself authentically because when you observe, you do these practices more often and you observe yourself and you see your patterns and you really take the time to recognize what feels good and what feels gross and what feels more draining and what feels more fulfilling, you'll notice that these things all kind of have the same frequency, the same vibration, the same draw to them and figure out how you can kind of move through your life in a more aligned way that works for you individually as you are. Well, I'm thinking about shielding now, but I'm wondering if we should, I feel like before talking about how to shield, we should explain why to shield. Shielding is really important because it is a literal shield. So there, there are people around you, there are entities around you, there are experiences that really want to be part of your lived experience, and it's not necessarily in your best interest. Um, there's a lot of just energy that loves feeding on other people's energy. And I'm certain that you have at least one person in your mind that being around them feels like this. Um, I've had people in my life that I know for a fact they have no ill intentions themselves, but their energy is so draining. <laughs> it's so um, invasive. And so whenever you encounter these if you have a shield up, if you have some sort of protection around you, 
you're not going to take on as much of that into your own energetic field and they're not going to take as much away from you. Now, notice that I say not as much because honestly, maybe I'm not 100% perfect at shielding, but to me, it feels more like um, like a you're safe and you're protected and you know that you're safe and protected, but sometimes there's still, if it's a really strong energy, there is still some impact, but it's a lot easier than to recall your energy and to refill your own little energetic jello bubble. I think sound might be a good example here. Um, Megan, I feel like you'll have more to say about this, but sound like imagine that you, uh, this is so weird that I'm getting this. Um, Meaning this is not, this is not an example I would usually think of, but I think it's helpful. Um, so sound. So imagine that the shield that we're talking about is headphones. And if you're in your own home and it's just you and you're alone and you're the one that has access to all of the sounds that are emanating from your home, you don't really need to wear headphones, right? Like you could, but there's no need to. If you're going out in the world, especially if you're going out somewhere loud and noisy And if you want to maintain control over what you're hearing, then headphones can be really helpful. And you can also set and decide what you're listening to. What Megan's talking about, the way that I would interpret that is the equivalent of like someone playing their music so loud that it doesn't even matter if you're wearing headphones or not, you can still hear them, but it doesn't like take you out of your world. You just, you just hear it. Yeah. It's, it's mitigating risk. It's mitigating damage. It's mitigating impact. And headphones is a great example of that, really. Or earplugs or whatever. Um, But I think headphones is better because then you get to have control over what is playing. I actually use headphones if I'm out and about and like grocery shopping in person. And it's really overwhelming for me because there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of different um, levels of energy. Some good, some excited, some sad, some mad. And you feel it all when you become more aware of the energy, you just kind of get more aware of everything. And so I personally do like to use headphones if I'm out and about alone because it helps me stay in my own energy. So we had a, uh, I think I talked about this on our Patreon episode uh, when I was in Vegas with Jensen, Jensen and I, we did a desert trip in November and we recorded from the road. Megan and I recorded from the road and I'm pretty sure there's a Patreon recording where I talk about this specifically in the hotel room. I could be wrong, but this is something I felt so strongly in Vegas because I had been isolated in the middle of nowhere, only in my energy, not even really in Jensen's energy, honestly, because when we travel, we spend a lot of time apart. And so it was just me. It was like me and me and me. And then we went to Vegas. And I have never been, and I've been to Vegas before a couple times, but I had never been so acutely aware of, oh gosh, how do I even describe it? I feel like Megan's picking up on it just by me thinking of it. Um, it literally feels like uh, walking into, okay, I saw a TikTok the other day where these, the, there was a bathroom somewhere, like an outdoor public bathroom, and it was covered in insects. Like there was some type of something that happened and it was covered. Like the walls were black and these kids were filming it and like making fun of it. Cause it was like, ah, this is terrifying and scary. Like who stumbles upon a bathroom like this? That's what Vegas felt like energetically in terms of the entities that were feeding off of the energy there. Um, I felt very uncomfortable even leaving the hotel room 
because it's just so obvious and apparent. Um, these, I want to call them for whatever reason, I'm judging myself internally, but lower dimensional entities is, is how I perceive them. And it's not bad. It's not bad, but we can also protect ourselves from them. And for me, that looked like, uh, not getting drunk outside the room. And also while I was outside the room and walking around, especially if I was drinking at all, um, like I release all attachments, cords, and commitments that are not in service to my highest timeline. I grab my energy in and down. I release all that does not serve me. I shield myself. And then I, we're going to talk about the actual shielding activation, um, that we do, but it was, uh, my point being is the contrast really showed me how necessary it is to protect myself in those environments. Whereas if I would have just gone straight to Vegas for a fun weekend, I probably wouldn't have been so hyper aware of the energy that really exists there. And this um, potential we have to really be taken advantage of by things that don't even have a body. This parasitic energy that you're explaining is not like demons. It's not um <laughs> yeah no it's not scary it's things. not evil what it's it, more think more like bacteria <laughs> yeah what it actually is is it's echoes of negative emotion it's echoes of that those feelings of like pure self-hatred or pure resentment or pure whatever it's echoes that we've all collectively felt um over and over again it's the shadow of that experience and that energy just kind of hangs out so think about whenever you're having a really good day and then all of a sudden it feels like there's like a little trash goblin in your head that says, uh, screw all responsibility and spend all of your money and do something dumb and move away and you're not good enough and you're ugly or whatever triggering thing that it wants to throw into you and you feel that energy and you're like, yeah, you're right. Kind of like that, that whispering emotion of experience. And a lot of times when I do energy clearings with people, they're not entities in the sense that it is like a a tangible being that has um, ulterior motives. The motive is feel this feeling, experience this experience. It's like an echo of that experience. And it doesn't have to be your experience. Think about whenever you're with a friend and they're really, really sad or really going through something or really depressed and how easy it is to maybe like fall into that with them. I know when my partner or I are like in a funk, it's really easy sometimes to be like, oh, okay, the energy of the household right now is let's eat trash food and not do anything and not take care of ourselves or our body because we're just existing. We're going into autopilot and we're doing it together. And that's kind of what a lot of this is. Ooh, I just got goosebumps as you were talking. Megan, you explained that in a way so crystal clear. Um I was able to see when I say see, by the way, I, I, I mean, in my mind's eye, I literally, if I close my eyes, it's just blackness. Um, a lot of people are like that, but uh, looping, looping, looping to me, what I see energetically is an energy body and anything that's being blocked or repressed, looping in that energy body, loop, 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 loop. And then that creates what Megan's calling the echo, but it, in in the energy of it, it looks like a ripple, like actual ripple. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And then we have these collective ripples in place like Vegas. Like think about how much filthy, gross, shameful, 
uh, actions and behaviors take place in a place like that. So the ripple just gets bigger and bigger. And then it's also important to pay attention when we're in these resonant frequencies, like Disneyland is another great example. There's resonant frequencies of Burning Man. It's another good example. Places that people go to feel certain feelings are going to have these echo chambers or these ripple effects of individuals that have felt these feelings in this grid space. And the reason I'm telling you this is because um, the image that I got felt very important of if there's a feeling we're not feeling, it will ripple inside of us in the same way we're talking about these external ripples. And the ripples that happen inside of us is what Megan is uh, incredibly skilled at clearing. Everybody does different stuff. I'm an energy reader. Um, I do not know how to clear another person's energy. Megan specifically is really talented at clearing energy. And it's almost like she can go inside and see where this looping or this ripple is taking place of this feeling that hasn't been felt. And then that can take on a literal shape and form of a thing or a, or a person or a, a little trash goblin. <laughs> and then she can move that energy out and through, um, which is really powerful. So it, side caveat here, um, in addition to grounding, clearing and shielding, which is what we're talking about today, and you don't need anybody to do this work. If you feel like you've been a bit of an emotional hoarder, um, like myself, then working with individuals like Megan to really do the first overhaul and reset is uh, life-changing, can absolutely be life-changing and was for me personally. But you can also do that yourself as well. Yes. I just want to be mindful. <laughs> um, I am in full support of reaching out to someone and asking for help when you need help or um, doing an initial thing or kind of helping you find that center in yourself and, and being a community and supporting one another. I think that's really important, but I also think it's really important that a good practitioner is going to support you and having your own process, your own energetic hygiene, your own um, clearing processes, your own everything, because it's in the highest good for people to just take care of themselves. And I would never want someone to feel like they're reliant on me to do that thing. It's also just not effective, meaning, um, well, it depends on how you look at it. Like, because I've worked with people like this, um, meaning individuals who do, <laughs> if you think it's you, it's not you. I promise I'm not calling anybody out here and this isn't anything negative. And if you're literally thinking, is she talking about me? It's not you because people that do this wouldn't think that it's them. So I just want to be very clear about that. But there are people out there, uh, myself included, I was this way for a very long time and only in the last two years have I really been implementing this work. So I get it. Um, it is difficult. I don't know difficult is the right word. It takes effort and intention and regular focus to implement these practices on ourselves on a regular basis so that we can have positive impact in our day-to-day -day lives. And if you're someone that just isn't interested in doing that work, because on honestly, chances are, if you're not interested in doing this work, it's probably like one of the reasons, or at least the case for me, is that there was so much energy in my field, I just couldn't hear myself. Like it was just so full of other stuff and the gunk that I couldn't even perceive of clearing it out uh, because it was just too much. Um, if you're someone that gets to that point and then the only really solution you see is hiring somebody to clear that for you and then you do that regularly, um, all of the looping comes right back. 
So it's, I say it's not really effective because while it might be effective for that day or the immediate time that you have the energy clearing done, um, if these lessons aren't being processed and if the emotions are not being felt, you literally accumulate all of that right back. So it's not lasting. And it is very similar to diet. Like we literally see this with dieting. It's the same thing. So if you want to change your lifestyle and have a healthier life where you can have a weight that you're comfortable with that takes regular management, and for sure you can go on a fad diet and drop 30 pounds really quickly. I'm getting a ringing in my left ear for anyone that that's a sink for. Um, but does it last? You know, No, of course it doesn't last. So we're essentially saying that sometimes it can be really helpful to hire a professional in the beginning to learn the skills. But then if you're not implementing it in your regular life and making it your own, you're not going to have the lasting benefits. I feel so called out right now because just yesterday, just yesterday, I was talking about how I wanted to hire someone to come into my house and organize everything. And then if they just built all the systems, I could use it. I could do it. And that's that's exactly the same thing that it's with my physical, like actual experience around me. And I know for a fact I've built the systems, I've done the things. And if I don't actively work at it and I don't keep it up, then of course the closet's going to get messy again. But I mean, it can be helpful. It can be helpful. Like uh, when you say that, I just think of mom, if you're listening to this, if I have called you out twice in this episode, um, to me, if I could place my mom in any job that I, I energetically feel would be perfect for her, that would be it to go into messy houses and create organization systems and then literally organize all of your things into those systems and leave you a booklet that explains how to maintain that system. Um, What you're talking about, Megan, I think would be helpful because you already have the desire and the commitment for lasting change to follow the system, but you got to follow the system. That's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah, you have to follow the system. And if someone came in, now that you've said that, now I'm picturing a service of someone who comes in, they help you deep clean your home and organize everything and everything is done with intention and flow. And then they help you with not only like a how to keep this up and like a system that you can actually tangibly do. And like before they even do it, they ask you like, what are your limitations? What are the things that you struggle the most with? What So they could develop a system that you actually will use. But then they also maybe leave you with some like simmer pots or something to help with like the energetic clearing part of your home too. Ooh, I love this. It would I be such this. a good service. This would be such a good service. Intentional something intentional would be in the name. I don't know, but I I love the idea of that service too, because it would really be implementing higher dimensional aspects of grounding, shielding, and clearing in a very 3D practical, like practical magic, just like you talk about all the time, Megan, it would really be implementing that in a practical, sort of like witchify your home through organization (laughs) type thing. I like that. Okay. But let's talk about actually like, so, so in that, um, Hold on, let me go back. I just want to make sure. That- talk about how to shield. It's been twenty. I know. Minutes. See, it's so. I know it's so easy to talk about these things, and then I think the reason is is because the actual implementation is so simple. It's so simple that it's easy to get lost in the minutia of it, if that's the right way to say it. But um, it's simple for us because we do it. Right, because we do it. So I personally, I'll go first. I'm actually. Oh, hey! <laughs> I haven't been wearing my shielding necklace. 
I'm wearing it right now. And I didn't really make that connection until I looked down. Um, these things will sort of just take over your life and, and work on their own once you regularly implement them. So I have a shielding necklace. You don't need to have a object to shield, but because I have t like ADD that just takes me other places, um, for me to have something that I can physically hold, uh, allows me to place my shield into place. Numbers are also important for me because I believe in the magic of numbers. And I also believe in the magic of repetition. And um, my name feels incredibly important for the shielding process. So what I will do is I will take my shielding necklace. And when I originally created the shielding necklace, I held it and I set the intention that it would shield me and protect me and allow all energy that's of benefit to me, my highest timeline and the highest timeline of those around me to come through and all energy that's not in service to be mirrored and literally bounce off. So it's a, it's a mirror shield. And the reason it's a mirror shield is because this necklace is a literal hologram. It's a holographic necklace. Um, sorry, there's a loud plane outside. And so I put this necklace on. I feel like I want to wait until that sound is gone. Can you hear that, Megan? Not really. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. It's very loud on my end. Um, so this necklace is a has a hologram and a spaceship and all of these light codes. And um, if you want to find some, the handle for the gentleman I got it from is at infiniteu777. And I'll tag him uh, in the show notes. So I put this on and then I say, <laughs> this is funny. It's kind of, it's very specific to me. It's very specific to me. I put the shield on and then three times, three times in a row, I say my full name. So beginning, middle and end, which is three. And then I say that three times. And after each time I say three, six, nine, three times. So my full name, three, six, nine, three, six, nine, three, six, nine. And then I say that three times. So there's an actual pattern encoded of three, six, and nine. And then at the end of repeating that three times, I say shield activated. And then because I'm me and I like to incorporate play, I literally feel like a wah, wah, bing, boom. And then I like, it's like shield activated. <laughs> and then my shield activated. So that's what I do. That is fascinating. That is so different from what I do. And also you kept saying three, six, nine, and I just keep thinking about the song three, six, nine, damn, she fine. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my shielding practice um i'll do the short quick version and then the the longer version that's part of the grounding and such so the short version of it is to imagine that there is literally like um like a big dome around me of energy so um, sometimes it's different colors based on the circumstance. Sometimes it's glass. Sometimes it's mirrored. Um, and then um, it's as big as I need it to be. Usually it's kind of like the size of the city that I'm in. I make it really big. Um, and so with that, that quick shield, and then if it's a specific type of energy, I'll um, include mirrors around it to bounce back energy and then um a common one for me is to imagine that it's the um double pane or not double paned um the kind of glass that they would use in like interrogation rooms and such um to where you can see out it but they can't see into it um that's a really common material that i use whenever i'm making this this energetic protective dome around myself 
And the longer version of this is as I'm doing my grounding um, exercise, after I've rooted down, I open a portal above my head and allow light, air, water, whatever element or thing wants to come through and allow it to like wash through my body and down through the roots and my grounding. And then I bring um, the energy up from the ground back up through me for like the, the nourishment that, or whatever I'm receiving from that, that grounding and bring it back up through me. And it's kind of like this constant up and down. And then after I do that, I um, feel that light kind of begin to form in an orb around me. And then with each breath, it grows and grows and grows up until the point to where it's like the city size orb. And that's how I shield. What a badass. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. I want to, something that I could hear very clearly that I would like you all to understand because it's relevant here is how different we all are. But also um, I want to geek out just for a second here with human design, because the way that we shield is so in alignment with our energies. And um my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have like a little bit of an idea of what human design is and I'm not going to get into it. So just do a quick Google search if you have no idea what I'm talking about and I'll make this fast. Um, there are five different energy types in human design and the energy type is a literal explanation of how your aura works and functions in the world. Megan's a generator. So the she is a powerhouse of energy and she literally is connected to source in a way if you're triggered by the word source, sorry, I don't have another way to say it. She's literally connected to the main generator of energy in a way that is different from me. Whereas I am dependent on individuals like Megan to connect myself to that energy source. And we're not talking about codependency and uh, energy vampirism. This is a totally different thing. Again, Google human design, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so what was interesting is as I'm listening to this, I'm hearing it's so important for us to do these activities, these practices in a way that we're guided to as an individual because of how different our energy is. I am a manifester, so my energy is much more dense and compact. And notice how my shield is something that's very specific. It has one way that it's activated. It's always a mirror shield. And while of course there are different shields that I can activate and benefit from, I really kind of just need one, like, like just this one does the trick for me. But Megan, another thing I know about her energy is she also works a lot with the grid space in terms of cleaning it uh, galactically, so to speak. And so the way that she is anchoring herself in, she's sort of acting as like a little scrubber for the entire city that she's living in. Whereas me, I'm just protecting my little wrecking ball self so that wherever I go, I'm protected in these new pathways that I'm creating. And both of those shields are very different. And both of them are very in alignment with our own energetic space. So really listen to yourself when you're creating these things and have fun with it in a way that makes sense to you. Yes, it can be something that you make. Actually, anything that you have, anything that you want to infuse intention into, like her necklace, you could just decide that this one specific ring that I wear every day has this intention, has this protection, has this 
um, thing that it attracts to me, whatever it looks like for you, you can infuse that intention into it. And why not, if you're wearing jewelry every day, have something that whenever you put this on or you turn it a little to the left or you flip it over has shielding, grounding, um, some sort of energetic release or um, having it brought back to you, recalling it. Whatever things that you have in your life, say you have a favorite t-shirt and whenever you wear this t-shirt, it immediately helps you anchor down into like your best timeline and ground you and center you and and makes you feel cozy and good. Why not? If you're already feeling cozy and good in it, have something that also does that and helps you. But you don't have to do it with objects. Um, it could just be anytime you hear the word, I don't know, like I think about like the the sleeper agents and like the, you never know if someone, you're going to say banana bread and someone suddenly, the whole MK Ultra crazy stuff. Anyway. <laughs> but what? See, we need to talk about that another time because I didn't understand what you were talking about, but okay. that sounds fascinating. There, there's just like conspiracy theories about there being um, like with Manchurian Candidate and MK Ultra and stuff for projects where like mm-hmm. you you would have a trigger word and it would you would suddenly become like a, a badass fighter person for them um, or have do whatever you were programmed to do. That's not the point. You could <laughs> say like anytime you hear the word banana bread you are grounded and shielded i okay this is important because i don't even think my mom and i understood oh oh, hi mom you're really involved in today's episode this is so weird i don't know why um but uh when i was a kid we would all do this right 90s kids 90s kids unite um i would stay in the car while my mom went and got groceries because i didn't want to go in the store with her and get groceries and she'd i'd stay in the car uh, this was not like a bad thing. It's what I wanted. But we had a word where it was like, if there was ever, um, if something happened to her in the store, and for whatever reason, someone had to come out and get me like on her account, uh, because she, I don't know, like fell and broke her ankle and had to like get taken away in an ambulance, that they had to know the magic word. And so anyone that said the magic word, I would open my door for. And, and every time if she was going into the grocery store and I was staying in the car, she'd be like, okay, well, what's the magic word? And then I'd tell her, I'm not going to tell you all what it is because I know you want to know. And it's very secret and you probably wouldn't even understand it anyways. But it was very similar to like banana bread. And um, and what a what an interesting thing because it's very similar to what we're talking about, right? And uh, and that all takes place in the energetic sphere. What a trip. That just my, took me back. My partner and I have a series of words like that. Where like if we're at a social gathering, if we say it, that means we want to go or we're wanting some specific outcome or we're hungry. And we also have an imposter handshake. So if um, we suspect the other person has been taken over by like an alien or a body snatcher or whatever, that if we reach out to do this specific style of handshake and they don't reciprocate in a specific way, we know that the other one's an imposter. And so sometimes we'll shake hands and then we won't do it the right way and we'll yell imposter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Megan, I, I would like to call you out here. Uh, do with it what you will. Um, she may never do anything with this, you guys, but I just want to, as a, as a, since we're talking about, or we're talking about designs, I'm inviting her. I'm a manifester inviting a generator into something. Um, whether it be, content creation in the form of like TikTok or YouTube or something that can be read like a book or a blog, I would so appreciate and love if there was a platform where you could share information about mundane magic. 
like everyday magic, because every time you talk about it, it feels like there's magic coming out of your words and you just, it like makes things, uh, it like changes the way I think about things. Like when you were just talking about jewelry, like making your jewelry magic or, or a shield, um, like obviously I have my mirror shield, I'm wearing it, but then I just look down, I'm wearing one, two, three, four rings. And it just made me think, Oh, so much potential. <laughs> that I'm make, not doing make anything. Make those with. rings work for you, baby. Exactly. I want to. I want it. I want more content on this topic specifically, but it's not my topic, so I just yes. wanted to throw that out there. But you absolutely have every right to call me out on it because the amount of times that I've been like, I'm gonna do this now, and then I don't follow through with it because I have my own weird blockages and issues with it, um, is very valid. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, I totally get it. But I'm just saying that's content that I would eat up. Absolutely. And I'm sure anyone listening will probably be like, oh, I want to know more about that too. And like simmer pots, I can just see it. Like I, I know, I know the things that you do and I see the way you implement them in your life, but I wouldn't think to do it unless I saw someone else do it. Like I, you've told me about simmer pots a thousand times, but unless I'm scrolling on TikTok and I see someone making a simmer pot, I'm not going to think to go to my stove and grab cinnamon. You know, it's just not going to happen. But you could treat like a cup of tea. Like, okay, what about your See? your your, your Starbucks? You could literally breathe intention into your cup of coffee and make that Starbucks work for you. And then you could enchant, like it really put the like infuse the intention into the cup that you dispose of. And that it, it despite the fact that it's um, some sort of waste, which we all make a lot of like garbage and waste, but despite the fact that it's a waste, it's somehow putting out into the energy that we're like healing the earth. Every time you, you know what, that's actually, this is actually something I want to do. So um, if you're, if you're interested, find us on Patreon. Cause I'll put this over here. Literally as I was getting my coffee this morning, um, I hardcore Starbucks addict and um, I don't, I'm not bringing my own cup. Um, no excuse for that. So I am going to today uh, get a special cup. And then um, Megan, on our next um, Patreon recording, will you walk me through the process of um, enchanting it? And then oh, and then I can have my enchanted uh, coffee mug that I will have for all of our podcast recordings, because that sounds super fun. And then bring one of your uh, water. I mean, I know I'm sure all of your water bottles already have something that you've done to them, but do something without anything done, and then we can do it together. That sounds good. I'm excited about that. Sounds That's fun. really nice. Okay. So um, how often should people ground, chill, recall their energy, whatever. Um, the answer to me is as needed. Daily would be cool. Weekly is fine. Monthly is better than not doing it. Touch base with your energy. See what you want. I would say at the end, uh, I say this with knowing full well, I, I'm not doing actually. No. <gasps> okay. Just kidding. Yeah, I think I'm at a point in my life where I am actually doing this. That's weird. Ooh, ooh. When the future st self steps into the current self. Um, I would say at the bare minimum, every time you brush your teeth, meaning not literally while you're brushing your teeth, but the same amount of times you're brushing your teeth. Because um, here's the thing. Energetic hygiene is very similar to physical hygiene in that if you have time to implement physical hygiene practices, chances are you're also probably stable enough in your life to implement energetic hygiene practices. If, if things are so chaotic and stressful and overwhelming for you that you aren't doing the basics like showering, brushing your teeth and washing your hair, then, um, you know, these, 
these higher dimensional uh, aspects, not aspects, these higher dimensional um, tools might go by the wayside and that's okay. Take care of basics, back to basics, right? But um, I would say at the bare minimum, if you can, the same number of times that you're brushing your teeth every day. And uh, and that was my first experience of saying that out loud and being like, oh, I am doing that. <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. But um, it's hygiene. Think, think of it as energetic hygiene. It's literal hygiene. If you're not doing it, you will not be clean. If you are doing it, you will be clean. So it's a I personal preference. I feel a lot of like moral judgment yeah. in that personally. Just oh, because, really? Yeah, because it, it feels like you're saying like you're you're dirty, you're unclean if you're not doing it every time you brush your well, teeth. And I know that's not your well, intention. I, no, that's not your intention at all. I'm just saying it feels almost like. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that there's a there's a judgment there saying that somehow not clean is bad. I think that that's where the judgments come true. from. So like, yeah. So I'm not saying that not being energetically clean is something that's bad at all. But certainly what can happen is it can get to the point where you're so gunked up that you like this is just coming from personal experience guys you you become so gunked up that all of a sudden your life is not your life like i literally had the experience one time mind you i wasn't grounding shielding reclaiming or releasing at all at all at all and then all of a sudden one day i look around my apartment and my life's not my i'm like who i don't even know like who decorated this place nothing about this place is me um i don't understand how i'm showing up in my relationships i'm not acting like myself i'm numbing out and at that point i was completely clean and sober so i wasn't even numbing out with substances i was numbing out with like exercise and tv so it, it mind you that's the other extreme that's the other extreme that's someone where energetically i was very unclean did that mean that my life was negative? No, I was very successful, actually. Like at that time, I was making good money. I had a savings. I had a seemingly stable relationship. You know, it's about um, what your own tolerance is internally, because it's it's really not good or bad. It's just literally, and like your hair, like literally, th think about your hair. Um, I'm someone that has really thick, really long hair, and I will go probably up to five days without washing it because I like the natural oil to do its thing and washing it every day uh, damages it. But if I don't brush it for say two or three days, it will start to dread. So if I just went without brushing it, eventually it would dread. And that's like a personal preference, right? Like it can keep my hair however I want it. But what feels most comfortable for you, I think is what's really important. Like what feels comfortable? Let's take the word clean out of it and just have it be what feels energetically comfortable for you. Yes, it has to feel comfortable for you. And I, I'm the exact opposite. I have to wash my hair every day because it gets so greasy so fast. But I could go like a month without brushing it and it doesn't tangle or anything. Oh my just, gosh. Oh my gosh. It's super oh, thick. It's, <laughs> it's so thick and so like um bushy or whatever, but uh A right now it's short. But even before that, I could like brush my hair like once a week because of the texture of my hair and the way that it curls, it just was fine. But now I almost never brush my hair because it's it's short. And but a lot of it is shaved. <laughs> And what we're saying here is like, that's, it's really important because it's like, I totally understand that how we can judge ourselves. It's like, oh gosh, we're not maintaining our energetic cleanliness. And so we're dirty. And, um, but 
like have to I also can't. that dirty isn't bad because like if, you exactly. get, if you're covered in dirt because you've been like clean like clearing out weeds and tending to your garden there's like a satisfying level of like say you like just worked out really hard or you or we don't have to just tie it to good things though they, you, they, yeah, the contrast, the contrast. It's like, um, so my partner uh, uh, does this thing. We were just talking about this. Hopefully he's not mad at me for calling him out. But uh, he's someone that takes on a whole bunch of work, like just says yes to everything. And then we'll go on these trips where he says no to everything. So it's like the yes and no. And I was talking to him about like, I don't understand why there can't be more of a balance. Like, why can't it be more balanced? But then in talking to him about it, it became to me, I'm not going to speak for him. I don't know if this is true for him. But to me, it, it became clear like, oh, for some people, not necessarily him, but for some people, that release of letting go and having nothing to do feels so much better if there's a bunch to do beforehand. And think of camping or uh, like we do the the van life thing. So traveling around in a van for like two weeks and not having showered and being outside and really like being dirty in that way. Oh my gosh, a shower or Burning Man. Actually, Burning Man is probably a better example. Being at Burning Man for 10 days and then coming home and the luxury of a shower and running water is out of this world. So that that's not to say that like it's it's really a matter of personal preference what are you comfortable with some people are going to let all kinds of gunk get in there before they clear it out some people are going to do that um probably unintentionally but then f- not realize that the intention was to create that contrast so they can have that experience of release and what's learned in that release and then once you feel what it feels like to really be clean and clear i think this is what it comes down to and what a lot of us will experience. Everybody's energy type is is really different and specific and unique in its own blueprint. So it depends. But in my experience, once you feel the feeling of having that clear energy, you become less tolerant to it starting to gunk up. And so it becomes easy and natural to clear it on a regular basis. Exactly. So I hope that this helps you guys. Um, and another episode separate from this that I will release at the same time, there will be whatever I channel to be the appropriate collective grounding, clearing and shielding exercise. Um, I'll record that. So you have uh, something to help you if you've never done it before and you want to get started, or you just want to try something new and different to see how it feels for you. Um, it will be a resource, a tool that's available to you. Um, separately because I, I thought about just attaching it to the end of this episode but I thought that if you were just picking it up to try it you might not want to have to skip through at this point one hour and five minutes of content to get to it so <laughs> that's why it's going to be separate <laughs> all right guys I hope that was helpful um hopefully that was specific enough for you and um as a reminder everything we went over we talked about how to ground We talked about how to reclaim your energy. We talked about how to release all that's not serving you. And we also talked about how to shield. And you can do all of that in a very short period of time as well. It doesn't have to take an hour and six minutes. Yes, that's very true. Um, And I also kind of had this thing where um, I can kind of feel myself do it and like a a defending like quick and dirty, like I can feel myself do all of it in like 10 minutes, kind of like a whoosh thing sometimes and i think that, i like the, the whoosh the yeah. whoosh whoosh 
and I could like feel myself like anchor down and then the light comes through me and then the shield goes up and it's like a like a sound it makes I don't know but and then I also have a thing with like my my various energetic centers where I can feel like doors open and lights happen and they synchronize and then I can like close all the doors back and and do it really quickly and that's not like the best way to do it but sometimes it just feels like I just I just experienced it because I was explaining it. I feel so many people right now listening to what you're saying, uh, both wanting to be where you are with your energy practice and also feeling like, what, how is that even possible? I want uh, anyone that hears that is like, that's me. Um, Our body is literally an instrument. Our body is an instrument. Just like if you were picking up and learning how to play an instrument, the more you practice and the more you implement these things, the easier it becomes. And all of a sudden you can start to play music when before you were only capable of individual notes. So just keep that in mind. This is, this is, uh, I know I personally, Megan, we should tell them this so they can really hear it. I personally started implementing these practices on a subconscious level when I got into yoga and meditation. That was seven years ago. So in that practice, the yoga and meditation practice, I would be clearing my energy around twice a week with my yoga practice. I started implementing this grounding, clearing, reclaiming, releasing, shielding practice in 2020. Um, I started implementing this on a daily basis, on a daily basis, two months ago. Okay. So Megan, what are your timestamps for that so that people can really hear? Um, well, I don't have a specific start date for subconscious, but I know that it was likely associated with one of my low lows. So whenever I'm like, ah, oh, my life sucks and I have to get my shit together where I was kind of touching base with my mental health and my energy and so there was a variation of this that I would start to do, especially because um, a while back I would try to do meditation pre, pre-current woo phase. Because I've always been like a little on the woo spectrum. Um, <laughs> so um, I've done some variation of this for most of my life in some subconscious way. And it looks different in every phase of my life. Um, I would say around 2019, 2020 is when I became more intentional and aware of it. And then throughout that time period, it would be daily and then it would be weekly. And then, oh no, it's been a month. And um, based on just varying levels of energy and what was going on in the world and how often and frequent it needed to be, sometimes I would go back and realize it's been a month and send myself a month forward and a month backward that protection that I needed to like protect past me and protect future me in case I forget again. Um, currently I would say I'm somewhere around uh, four ish times a week. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes like on the weekend and it's been like a busy weekend and maybe I don't get around to it or it's a Monday and Monday suck. And I don't get around to it. I don't have a specific schedule, but I know that I touch base with myself almost every day in some form or fashion. Also important to note that Megan uh, is not required to leave her house every day because she works from home. Whereas just the way my life works right now, I am required to leave my house every day. So I do think that if Megan had to leave her house every day, it would probably be It would definitely be different. Yeah. Um, I guess that is something to acknowledge is the fact that I have been working remotely for a really long time, even like pre-pandemic, I've worked remotely. Um, And 
I can go weeks without leaving my house, which is not always amazing for my mental health, but also is really awesome for other things. Okay, I think this is this is our long goodbye, right? Yes, we have to have a long goodbye <laughs> every time. This was our attempt at a short and succinct, short and succinct, whatever. This was our attempt succinct, yeah. Yeah, um, at a short and succinct version of this. And I hope that it was beneficial. I hope that it was helpful. I hope that whatever your practice looks like to you is comfortable and good. And I hope that you're all having a wonderful day. Yeah, she said it all. All right, we love you guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.